Welcome to St. Martin in the Fields and welcome to Great Sacred Music. A special welcome to those of you joining us online. We're looking today at the music of Scandinavia. Where is Scandinavia? Well, of course, it's Norway, Denmark and Sweden, but we've just heard a piece from Iceland and we expand our notion of Scandinavia to include places like Finland, perhaps Greenland, the Faroe Islands and, and Iceland itself. Originally, Scania, uh, which is now the name of a southern part, the southernmost province in Sweden, but that was where the name Scandinavia originally came from. We think of Scandinavians as going to Ikea a lot and driving Volvos and sitting in saunas, listening to ABBA. But it's actually a much more diverse place than that might uh, suggest. Varied landscape, fjords, mountains, low-lying areas, and archipelagos. It was Christianized, to use uh, a rather contemporary term, between the 8th century and the 12th century. Uh, and there are still many Catholics in Scandinavia, even though Lutheranism is probably the predominant uh, aspect or denomination of the Christian faith. It's our tradition at Great Sacred Music to begin with a hymn that we all sing together. Uh, if you've got a leaflet and you're uh, on site and you've got a leaflet, you can find on page two a hymn by Martin Luther, who I know you're going to say is not a Scandinavian, and you'd be right. But once you hear the tune, you'll realize you've never heard the tune before, and that's because you haven't spent sufficient time in Denmark. We're going to remain seated. The voices will stand and lead us as we sing, Holy Spirit, come, we pray.
Well, we're going to hear uh, two Norwegian pieces now. First of all, from Edvard Grieg, who lived from 1843 to 1907, one of the great European Romantic era composers. Uh, through using Norwegian folk music, he brought the music of Norway to international consciousness. And if you think about the kind of contemporaries he had, people like Sibelius in Finland and Smetana uh, in Bohemia, he was part of a group of uh, composers who raised their own national identity and awareness through his music. Although actually he came from Scottish ancestry and the family's name was spelt with the I and the E the other way round in the Scottish way until they changed it round just to look a little bit more Norwegian. Uh, but he did live to see the independence of Norway from Sweden. And he was a lifelong Unitarian. But most importantly, he has a large crater on the planet Mercury named after him. And interestingly, for a Unitarian, this is a piece that is about as Catholic as it gets. This is about the Catholic notion of Mary as star of the sea. Uh, then uh, Ola Gieho, apologies if I haven't pronounced his name correctly, is a contemporary Norwegian-American composer. And he's developed uh, a really fascinating habit of giving, of writing sacred music, but giving it sort of a secular name. So uh, the confusing part, if you're new to his music, is that the secular name seems to bear no connection to the words that he's set to the music. So he does that in his um, Sunrise Mass quite a, good, quite a good deal. And he does it here in the Northern Lights, named after the Northern Lights, the Aurora Borealis, dancing waves of light, energized particles from the sun slam into the Earth's upper atmosphere at speeds of up to 45 million miles an hour, but our planet's magnetic field protects us from them. Well done, our planet's magnetic field. Let's hear it for that. Um, but Earth's ma magnetic field redirects the particles toward the poles and the dramatic process transforms into a cinematic atmospheric phenomenon. What has that got to do with the Song of Songs? Well, I think that's the question you're supposed to ask. And my answer would be, he's making an analogy between the visual, fantastic, magnificent display of the Northern Lights and what we might call the chemistry between lovers described in the Song of Songs. That would be my estimation. You now have an opportunity to make yours. Let's hear these two Norwegian pieces.
Well, you don't get a lot of prizes for being familiar with Edvard Grieg and Ola Gieho, but if you know our next two composers, you go straight to the top of the class. Um, we have Bernhard Levkovich, born in 1927, a Danish composer educated in Paris and Copenhagen, uh, who's worked as an organist and cantor at the Catholic St. Ansgar's Cathedral in Copenhagen, though I do believe he is actually a Lutheran. This is a traditional hymn to Mary to pray for us. And then we have Gabriella Gullin, who's a Swedish composer, organist, and singer, contemporary, born in Stockholm in 1961. And this, um, this anthem is a, is a poem by Per Lagerqvist, who you may have heard of because uh, he's a Swedish author, wrote a good deal about good and evil and received the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1951. And this is a poem that reframes the notion of human debate and dispute and tension and war by looking at it from the planetary spheres and seeing how small it is and how silent are the shouts uh, that make so much noise on earth when you consider them from the heavenly spheres. Let's enjoy these two uh, less well-known pieces together.
Well, uh, it's time to get back onto more familiar territory now, and uh, we're going to sing it together again uh, a very well-known hymn. In fact, a hymn that was voted by the viewers of Songs of Praise on the BBC as the British public's favourite hymn. Uh, it has a more obscure beginning. Uh, it's based on a Swedish traditional melody and a poem written by Carl Boberg, uh, who lived in the late, latter half of the 19th century, the first half of the 20th century, uh, and came from Sweden. He wrote it in 1885. It was translated into German and then into Russian, and then it was translated into English from the Russian by the English missionary, Baptist missionary Stuart Pine, who translated an awful lot of music from Eastern Europe, and he added two original verses of his own, which is the uh, composer's uh, prerogative. So uh, why, do we, why has it become popular today from such obscure beginnings? Well, there are two, there's a two-word answer to that, Billy Graham. Uh, it became one of the signature tunes of the Billy Graham Crusades in the 1950s. And that's how it became popular, and it has remained popular uh, ever since. I cannot tell you how true to the original Swedish, a translation that's gone through Russian and German on its way to English uh, is, but these are very familiar words. So we remain seated, the voices stand, and um, lead us as we sing, O Lord my God, where, when I in awesome wonder.
Well, we're coming towards the end of great sacred music for this uh, lunchtime. Thank you for joining us. I, I hope you've enjoyed yourself, uh, if you have, uh, and you'd like this great tradition to keep going. There are, I think, four different ways to contribute. Uh, for those of you online, you can go to our website or you can text the number on the sheet. Uh, for those of you in the building, you get a special treat of two extra ways to contribute. You can flick a card on the machine as you leave, or you can actually offer cash. Uh, do look out for our next Great Sacred Music, coinciding with the Feast of John the Baptist, so lots of music about platters next week uh, for Great Sacred Music. Do come to that next Thursday at 1, and then if you're in town uh, or online at, on Sunday at 3.15, Choral Classics. Uh, this week. You can see details on the sheets. Uh, we're going to finish with the music of Hugo Alvin, a, uh, another late romantic Swedish composer, uh, very much in the style of Richard Strauss. Uh, this is a traditional Swedish folk uh, love song, but like the majority of uh, Scandinavian music, it evokes the landscape of Scandinavia, which I think above all the characteristics of the region uh, is the one that stays the longest and has the most impact on its musical tradition. Thanks for joining us.